Today's amazing email comes to us from an 80-year-old who writes, This email is an appreciation to what you have done for me. I've never found it easy to learn Gemara since in my youth. There were no Jewish schools or yeshivas in South Africa. My knowledge is from Chedah, which I attend three times per week. Over the years, I've improved my learning, always trying harder and harder. Baruch Hashem, I have two sons who went to yeshiva and learn every day, etc., etc. May Hashem bless you to be able to spread Torah to many Talmudim throughout the world. Amen. You might be asking why I'm telling you this. Well, it's to give all those gishmak to learn no matter how hard it is. By the way, I'm now over 80. P.S. I do not want to mention my name and admire. Thank you. As you continue going, Mikhail Elchayel. We're continuing the sugya of a person who creates an inferior fence on Shabbos so he should be allowed to carry within the fence. How much is he allowed? A whole discussion yesterday's sugya. Rav gives us a riddle. He says sometimes you have three people that are not permitted to carry in five saw. Sometimes you have three people that are permitted to carry in seven saw. What's the case? Stigmar explains perhaps it's talking about three people who do not require, they don't have enough things that they need more than three saw. So therefore, if they go to five, they went two over the limit. Now you could, whatever you need, you could go up to two more because you're not allowed to have two empty saw. So therefore, they went two over. They cannot carry in any of the five. But if they require six, for instance, they need six saw to survive, they're allowed to go all the way up to eight. Therefore, if they did seven, which is a round-out number, they are permitted to carry in those seven. Here's the case. Two neighbors made an area of chateros. Their way to get from one house to the other is through a door. That door over Shabbos was blocked off. Do we go by the time Shabbos comes in and they were allowed to carry from house to house? Or do we look at it right now? Ravuna says, we go by Shabbos, when Shabbos goes in. The same thing applies in our case. If you have three people that required a certain amount of saw and one of them dies over Shabbos, Ravuna would hold, you go by when Shabbos comes in, they were permitted to carry in all that area. We don't care if somebody dies or even if somebody comes by. Right now, you cannot add any more to what you have. On the other hand, Rabbi Yitzchuk says, we look at what we have right now. Right now, we have a door that's closed off and you cannot go from house to house. Therefore, these people, even though they made an area of chateros, they cannot go from house to house. We look at right now. Right now, you only have two people, let's say, in the surrounded fence. Even though when Shabbos came in, there was three, we have to look at what we have right now. So therefore, even Lakula, if one or more people showed up, you could give them more saw, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, even on Shabbos. Well, there's a similar case, but not really. You have a house that two walls fell down, or a mavoy where the lechi came off. And we have a machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yitzchak. The Gemara says it's not similar. Because where the machitza or the lechi disappears is very different to when the residents disappear. You could say you could, it could go both ways, but they're not the same thing. Says the Mishnah, if you have soldiers, these soldiers have four kulas. First of all, they could gather wood, and the Gemara is going to explain all these things. They don't have to wash their hands for hamaytzi. They could eat the mai, that's fruit that does it, you bought from an amaharetz. And they don't require an Arab. And the Gemara explains all of them. We're talking about in a war of Rishos, in other words, not the war of, of Amalek, etc. Just a typical war, even Yerusha Sa'aretz, they're allowed to go and gather wood. Now, this is not similar to the Gemara to the, one of the ten conditions that Yeshua made when he gave Chalukah Sa'aretz, when they divided the land, there's Israel, and he said people could take each other's bushes. We're not talking about bushes. We're talking about regular wood, and it's attached, and it's Dry, even not attached, even chopped wood and dry. They're allowed to camp anywhere they feel like it, and wherever they die in war, that's where they are buried, even though they have family that could bury them elsewhere. 
what's considered a mace mitzvah where you bury right here and then is somebody that no one answers to the call to bury them. Says the Gemara that if a mace mitzvah is lying across the road, blocking up the road, so if the two sides of the road are equal in terms of what type of area it is, you just move them to the side and bury them either to the right of the road or to the left. However, if one side, let's say, is plowed and the other side is not plowed, you bury them in the not plowed side. If one side is plowed and the other side is sown with seeds, you put them in the plowed side. In other words, wherever you cause less damage. If the body is not laying across the road, then you bury him right there and then. The soldiers are potter only from washing their hands mayim for bread, but not mayim which the Gemara says is a chayba, we're concerned that you might touch salt from zdaim, and it can create blindness. There's a very small amount in a kur, nevertheless, we're very concerned. If a person is not eating, he's just measuring salt, certainly has to wash his hands for mayim is between Bishami and Silo. Bishami say, we don't feed the soldiers or poor people from Demai, and Basil say, we do. What kind of Erev are we talking about? The Bay Rabbiani says, based on the Shita of Rebbe Kiva, that we're not talking about Erev Tchumim, that you're not allowed to walk 2,000 Amas past the border, because according to them, that's a Da'irais, and there's Malkus. We're talking about just Erev Chatzeros. The Pasuk says, Al Yetzeh, there's a Chiyuv, Malkus, this Pasuk is is not a lav shenitin lazar In other words, the pasuk is not talking about a warning that you will get the death penalty. It's not talking about hoitzah shabbos. It's talking about walking out of the tchum. And with that, we finish the perik mavoi. The following perik is called oisin pasi lebirayis. As we discussed, if there's a well in the middle of the shusarabim and we want to be able to draw water and shabbos for the animals, we create four L-shaped brackets. They are one amma by one amma, it could be any thickness and it must be 10 tfachim tall. So these L-shaped brackets, in fact, four of them, each one is a dumad, it's two, so it looks like we have eight walls. Remeir says, we need to add a flat one in between each L-shaped bracket for a total of 12. Between each L-shaped bracket, each dumad, according to Remeir, enough to put two groups of three cows each, which adds up, since each cow is one and two-thirds amma, this adds up to exactly ten amma. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's two groups of four cows, and that adds up to thirteen amma and a third. They are tied, and they're facing in different directions. In other words, they are seichakais, they are wider tfachim. You're permitted to make the pasiviris smaller, as long as you make sure that a cow could go in most of his body and his head, because we're concerned that if not, you might carry outside of the dyumdom. You're allowed to make the dyumdom as large as you want, says the Tanakama, as long as you add the necessary amount of pasim, so there's no more than 10 amas or 13.3 amas. Rebita says you can only enlarge it up to two saw, which is 50 by 100 amas. According to Chachamim, you're permitted to enlarge it as large as you want, because drawing water is considered resident use, and therefore it's mostly to go to any size you want. Have a wonderful day.